Welcome to our study of the Authority of the Bible here on the Radio Bible Course. This series of studies is related to what Jesus Christ thought about the Old Testament. He treated no Old Testament book as the work of a human author. He believed that the author was God himself speaking through the writer of the book. One example is in Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 41. Jesus said to those Pharisees, What do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David, inspired by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I put thy enemies under thy feet. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. We see here that when Jesus Christ referred to one of the Psalms, he said, David inspired by the Spirit, wrote. Ah, Jesus believed that David was not speaking by human impulse, but by divine impulse. It was the Spirit of God who was speaking through him. And earlier in this chapter, when Jesus talked about the resurrection, he said in verse 31, And as for the resurrection of the dead... Have you not read what was said to you by God? And then he quotes from the book of Exodus. He believed that God was speaking in the book of Exodus. Who wrote it? Moses wrote it. But God was really the author. Now in Matthew chapter 22, beginning with verse 41, Jesus clearly refers to more than one author. Everyone knew that David had written that psalm. But here, Jesus affirms that it was the Spirit also. You might want to call him a joint author. The Jews believed the Messiah would be David's son because of passages like Second Samuel chapter 7 where God made a covenant with David and promised that one of his sons would someday rule on his throne. And Micah Chapter 5, verse 2, that promised that the Messiah, the one whose beginnings were of old, would be born in the city of David, Bethlehem. And of course, Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Now the Jews would not believe their own prophets. It's like what Paul wrote in the book of Romans, all Israel is not Israel. They wouldn't believe. All Christians are not Christians. 
Many who call themselves Christians and are even known as Christians do not believe. They are just like the Israelites. Well, this is a great messianic passage that Jesus turned to when those Pharisees were questioning him, trying to trip him up and to prove that he was some false person. But when Jesus turned to that passage and asked them a question, whose son is the Christ? And after they answered that the Christ would be David's son, the most logical question then to come from Jesus is, why does David call his son his Lord? That didn't make any sense, except to one who understood that it was through David that the Messiah would come into the world. Jesus here affirmed that the Old Testament was the word of God. The Bible tells us at the end of Matthew chapter 22 that when Jesus said, if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? We read that no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. Now we move to Matthew chapter 15. At the beginning of the chapter it says, Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Now notice in verse 3, Jesus said, And why do you transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? The commandment of God? To what was he referring? To what Moses had written. He called the commandments which came by Moses as commandments of God. And then in verse 4 he said, For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. But Moses wrote it. But Jesus said it was God who commanded it, not Moses. And then in verse 6, again, he said, So for the sake of your tradition you have made void the word of God. And this is a clear reference to what Moses had written in the law. Jesus quotes twice from Exodus. And Jesus is telling these Pharisees and scribes that the Old Testament accurately recorded God's message so that what Moses wrote is in reality God speaking. And for that reason he could say God commanded. When we read Exodus, it is not a record written by Moses alone, but it was God's word to that human author. When you read it, listen to God. You're not listening to a man. This is the Creator speaking. I now call your attention to what Matthew wrote 
in the nativity story. He first talked about how the angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. I call your attention also to what Matthew said. When he quoted Isaiah 7.14 about the virgin, he said, The Lord spoke by the prophet. The Lord was under no obligation to fulfill what Isaiah wrote. But he must fulfill his own word, which he indeed did give to Isaiah. So Matthew believed that Isaiah's writings, one Isaiah and one book of Isaiah, was God speaking through that prophet. Now additional detail comes from the Gospel of Mark concerning Jesus' discourse with the Pharisees. And I turn to Mark chapter 7, beginning with verse 6. Jesus said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold fast the tradition of man. Notice, he talks about the commandment of God, but he has been quoting from the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 6 through 8. He said, that was the commandment of God. And, in the following verses, 9 and 10, he said this, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who speaks evil of father or mother, let him surely die. We have here, in Mark chapter 7, an amazing declaration by Jesus that both what Isaiah wrote and what Moses wrote were the commandments of God. I am sure there are scholars today who do not think that those are the commandments of God. And they are probably wondering, didn't Jesus know any better? Why did Jesus call them the commandments of God when they were not? The fact is, they were the commandments of God. God spoke through his prophets, Isaiah and Moses. Jesus is described in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, as the faithful witness. Listen to what is written by the Apostle John. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of kings on the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Ah, he's a faithful witness. What he says you can trust. You may not be able to trust scholars, or preachers, or evangelists, but you can trust Jesus. In the letter to the church at Laodicea, in chapter 3, verse 14, we read, These things 
says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Ah, Jesus is the truth and the true witness. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And if he ever spoke anything that was not truth, then Jesus is a hypocrite and has contradicted himself. Jesus is called the Amen because he is true. And when Jesus spoke, he often said, Amen, Amen, which is translated in our Testaments as truly, truly, or verily, verily in the authorized version. How many times in the Gospel of John did Jesus say, truly, truly, 25 times? He was speaking truth. Now, men won't believe. But the call of the Gospel is for men to believe God. Not only that God has spoken, but that we have that spoken word put down on paper. It's recorded and is available, and it's known as the Word of God. Do you teach a Bible class or have thought about starting a Bible class? If so, you can get significant help in teaching New Testament books from the Radio Bible Course. Verse-by-verse teaching of most of the epistles is on cassette tapes. You'll find these valuable in explaining the text of Scripture and in dealing with difficult passages. A list of these teaching tapes is available from the Radio Bible Course, and it's free. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.